Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Is your business to know about the law and how it's affecting every aspect of your life? Is your business to know about what's happening that's really important in the media front, particularly as it relates to the law? And so that's why I'm really excited about uh, John O'Connor joining our uh, media team here. Uh, he'll be doing uh, reoccurring commentaries on business, the law, the political front, and the media. And we're delighted to have him join us. Uh, he's distinguished in uh, the legal profession. Uh, he is an experienced trial lawyer practicing law in San Francisco since the early 70s. And he has tried cases in state and federal courts throughout the country. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California, representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. But he may be best known for his work as the attorney of Mark Felt, whom most of you know as Deep Throat in the uh, Watergate uh, situation. And uh, he became very familiar with the role of the Washington Post in Watergate in his representation of Mark Felt. And so uh, he brings a lot of experience. He also wrote briefs regarding uh, Patty Hearst, the United States versus Patty Hearst, and really had himself involved in some of the biggest lawsuits of the uh, 20th century, representing the uh, federal government uh, in the vast majority of those cases. So we're delighted to have him. He's going to be bringing his interesting insights uh, every other week here on the Price of Business show. You can learn more about him and his work at postgatebook.com. That's postgatebook.com. And that's the name of uh, the, the book that uh, he talks about most often. It relates to media, Postgate. And again, that's postgatebook.com. All right, with that, John O'Connor. Thanks, Kevin. The Price of Business has asked me to comment on the Biden plan to forgive the government loan debt of college graduates. The recent loan forgiveness program of President Biden was announced several weeks ago, but not surprisingly, there has been little in-depth discussion of the program's pros and cons by the mainstream media. This reticence is not surprising because the partisan pro-Biden media knows that the program cannot withstand close scrutiny. Perhaps by doing so here, citizens of all political stripes will begin a deep-dive discussion of this program and stop it before it gets implemented if examination shows that to be proper. The first issue is the constitutionality of the program. The legislature clearly has the power to tax, spend, and forgive government debts. The president does not, except possibly and not clearly, in matters of national defense, since under the Constitution the president is commander-in-chief, carrying with that status broad national security powers. But the president is not the chief of college loans under the Constitution. The college loan guarantee program was created by the legislature and should only be modified by the legislature. Erasing this debt will require one of two things, likely both. It requires further taxations to pay for the $500 billion to $1 trillion in assets given away. Or it will require borrowing this amount at some point. With Biden influenced inflation. Rather than borrowing through T-bills at, say, 1.5% interest, soon we will see 4.5 or 5% bonds. What is now $300 billion paid annually in interest on the national debt will soon balloon to $1.2 trillion because of inflation. And this does not count the student loan forgiveness issue. How much in expected debt 
payments on which our budget is based won't flow in now. Now we see why Biden just championed the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. Money to make up for this shortfall and other shortfalls must come from somewhere. But the point is that Biden has no constitutional power either to increase our taxes or to increase our budgets. Canceling a debt is the giving away of an asset owned by the taxpayers, one which was providing governmental income. The president has no such ability. It is fitting that this arrogant power grab comes as Prince Charles of England becomes King Charles III. The first King Charles became embroiled in a long fight with Parliament over the funding he demanded, while Parliament said this was its prerogative. Now, to be sure, Parliament's ultimate remedy was the beheading of Charles I, which might have been, perhaps, a bit extreme. But a Supreme Court decision might be a more properly judicious and, yes, constitutional corrective in this case. A second issue we've already touched upon. How will this program affect inflation? With this giveaway program of up to $1 trillion, inflation will clearly rage even before the debts are actually canceled, as markets anticipate that borrowing costs will increase along with all prices. What is the motive for this unauthorized action? Clearly, Biden is pandering for Democratic votes and a higher personal approval rating as we move into the 2022 midterm election. But will this program actually bring in Democratic votes? That is doubtful. Is a Republican or conservative likely to change her vote because of a benefit already conferred, not affected by the upcoming election? Hardly. 18 to 24-year-old citizens are notorious non-voters in any case, and this program will not likely change that. Yes, everyone wants a debt forgiven, but as any politician should know, if you want loyalty, you should buy a dog. On the other side of the ledger, might this action lose votes for Biden and the Democrats? It appears quite likely. Anyone who attended a local community college to be financially prudent will feel foolish, as would any person who sacrificed to pay off his or her college loan debt. And what about citizens who have not been to college? Are we asking a hard-working 25-year-old tradesman, having worked diligently since high school, to pay off the debt of a 25-year-old elite slacker who attended Stanford? Voters of traditional blue-collar Democratic leanings will reconsider their political allegiance, so Biden's pandering may push more votes into the Republican orbit or that of conservative-leaning independents. Does this program truly benefit only lower-income debtors? Of course not. First, the 125000 annual income limit. In most parts of the country, outside a few big cities, Income slightly below the 125000 threshold can support a mortgage and a nice home. A husband and wife, each filing separate tax returns, each making $120,000, would be at the top of the income ladder in most communities. And additionally, how many young graduates making less than $125,000 per year will eventually be wealthy? How about every medical and law student, medical resident, starting lawyer, or worker in a startup tech company? How about graduates with wealthy parents who are traveling the world or, more virtuously, working for a nonprofit for a while? Biden has just forgiven debts for those individuals to be paid by waitresses and construction workers. Fair and just? We know the answer. But there may be a far greater, longer-lasting and insidious harm to American culture. A debt is a promise. Western society used to put defaulting debtors in debtor's prison. Incurring and paying off debts is the bedrock of capitalism and is often the means which penniless but hard-working Americans use to get ahead while also creating wealth for our society. This action of Biden is one nail in the coffin of free market discipline. The great thinker Irving Kristol wrote a book, Two Cheers for Capitalism, 
in response to the growing attraction of soft socialism among intellectuals, professionals, technocrats, and media. Writing from a classical liberal point of view, he makes patent that which has always been latent in our free market system. Financing businesses through debt or stock involves faith and trust on the part of the creditor and encourages sober discipline and virtue on the part of the debtor. This mechanism encourages a solid, responsible society. In the future, when an older family member is asked to help with the business venture of a young relative, will he be wary that when it comes time to collect that debt, all he will get is, come on, man. Perhaps we all should be yelling this mindless phrase at our current president.